0: Hello and welcome. This is Self Control How to Build a Better Life, the podcast that will inspire you to take control of your mind and your mindset to go forward and build the life that you want to live. Today's episode four reasons that you need mindfulness now more than ever. If you're dealing with stress, if you're dealing with emotional instability, if you want to be better and more efficient at the things that you do, and you want to truly appraise who you are and find some sense of inner peace someday, mindfulness is the workshop that we go in to build a better life. Here are the four reasons that you need mindfulness now more than ever. Number one, you can reduce stress in the present, and going forward, you can better deal with stressful situations. Number two, you can become aware of what you're thinking. You can prioritize what you need to think about and start to work on not thinking about what doesn't serve you. Number three, Simply put, you become better and more efficient at doing what you do. And number four, you remove emotional instability from your life over time. You remove emotional influence from your behavior, and you can begin to truly appraise who you are. So if you've been watching this show, you, you know that I'm pursuing this idea of mindfulness. What is it? How can we understand it? How can it improve our life? Well, my last conversation was with Jahan Satour. He's a cognitive behavioral therapist. And he's a hypnotherapist. But more importantly, he's someone who lives and breathes mindfulness. He is militantly pro-mindful. And he, simply put, it saved his life. I think it may be saving my life too. And if you don't want to go all the way and say that, you may at least say that mindfulness is the workshop that you can go in to begin to build that better life. Mindfulness is as broad and as deep as it is to be a human being. So for me, I've been beginning to think about mindfulness as simply being present, simply being aware and engaged and focused on my task in the moment, right? The task at hand, I'm not thinking about what needs to be done, what wasn't done, what may or may not occur, but I'm living in the present and I'm focused on what I'm doing. And, you know, it's a great invitation in life Uh, to, to practice mindfulness, to practice focus on the present during menial tasks, simply drying off after the shower, or driving your car, or making a meal, you know, or a big one for me is going for a walk. You know, these menial tasks, it's not uncommon for the mind to wander. And you may say it's not a problem. And it may not be. But if you're looking to improve mindfulness, you need to practice it at times when it's easy enough to do so. So, you know, for me going on a walk, it's actually very difficult for me to remain mindful because what begins to happen is my thoughts stray into the past, the present, the future, hypotheticals, fantasies. And again, you may say, well, maybe going on a walk is a good time to let the mind play like that. And, you know, we could quibble about that. But the truth, truth is for me that when that, when those thought patterns begin to take hold What accompanies that is poor breathing. And if we know anything about mindfulness, we know that the first or perhaps the second step after general awareness, the second step to mindfulness is mindful control of the breath. So when you can mindfully take control of your breath, deep diaphragmatic pulls within, expanding the gut and then pushing, feeling the belly button come all the way back. When you can become mindfully aware of as many breaths as possible, you improve the quality of your nervous system, you over time, essentially become more chill, more accepting of the moment. And that brings us to our first point, taking on the personal responsibility to take control of your breath and take awareness of your surroundings means that when truly, truly stressful situations befall you, you are more suited, you are more suited to deal with them. You can, um, Perceive them and appraise them and act as necessary. And now, I haven't had a whole whack of crazy stressful situations befall me since I've, you know, begun to practice mindfulness. So I'd love to hear from somebody uh, who who maybe has. But I would say too, even in relatively stressful situations, like let's say you're running late for work, let's say you're driving in heavy traffic, let's say you know something's going on and you're you know you're you're racing against the clock, whatever that may be or someone needs your help and you need, you need to get to them on time, whatever that looks like. In that moment, you, you can create an acceptance of the situation by having practiced mindfulness in moments that were not as stressful, right? You learn to take control of those deep breaths. You learn to accept your being and your focus and your presence in the moment. And even though times are hard, you can at least say, I'm here now and I'm in control of my breath and everything else can follow from there. It's not easy. I look forward in some weird way to the day when it does happen. So we, we understand that mindfulness then is the awareness of our breath, awareness of our inner world, how we feel physically, and awareness of our surroundings as we move through it, and awareness of how we're behaving, what we're doing. But the next sort of part of mindfulness that I've come to understand through talking to Jahan and then applying it to my own life is this idea of mindful awareness of what we're thinking, right? There's many voices, many thoughts floating through our minds. And you know, when I said I use walking as a time to control my thoughts, a lot of the time it's simply trying not to think very much at all, right? You know, the very basic thoughts of what I see, what I I feel, where I'm going, and the breathing, that is kind of where I'm trying to get to. But In life, let's be honest, we need to be able to think clearly. We need to be able to, in some senses, think a lot sometimes. But that's the curse of being human is that we think a lot. So that brings me to point number two. If you're someone that suffers from intrusive thoughts, repetitive thoughts, ruminations, obsessive, compulsive, unending thoughts, I have a lot of sympathy for you. I've been there myself. Now, I have a friend who has very deeply obsessive compulsive tendencies. And I know it's not enough for me to preach to him from my podcast uh, that he can simply just think his way out of that. You know, I know there's a lot more to it than that. But those repetitive thoughts, those negative thought patterns that hold you back, those intrusive thoughts that scare you, that paralyze you, they built up over time. They were strengthened through their repetition. I have to think, and I found this to be true for myself, if you're willing to put in the hard work of repetitively thinking against them, fighting against them, choosing to think the things that will serve you, you can build stronger positive thought patterns through repetition as well. You do not have to wear the label of, I'm an overthinker, I'm obsessive, I'm not in control of my thoughts. You can become in control of your thoughts through mindfulness. By taking control of the breath calming the nervous system, and becoming aware of the thoughts themselves, right? Just as we need to become aware and accept that we are here in the present moment, we need to become aware of the thoughts that we're thinking. It's not enough just to let them sort of pass. We need to grab hold of them, not be afraid, and begin to assess them. So, again, when you have time to do these sorts of things, right? It, it may be that you need to make time to go all in on that sort of thinking, meaning when you're meditating or you're journaling. It's a conscious apprehension of what you're thinking and deciding if, it's, if it serves you. Deciding why you think these things. And again, th- this is a lifelong process, right? But again, if we're talking about living a better life, Thinking about our thoughts and choosing to prioritize them and choosing what or what not to think, that's the first step, right? We can think ourselves into misery. We can also think ourselves out. And that's the most beautiful thing I think about mindfulness is that that personal responsibility to go in and say, what am I thinking? Do I need to be thinking that? Is that thought from something that happened years ago relevant? Is that thing that I have to do in three hours, I know how to do it. I know I'm going to be there and do it. Do I need to be thinking about it now? And we, we we start to see the ways in which anxiety builds, right? Again, if we've lost control of our breathing, we've lost control of our nervous system and the thoughts begin to creep in, that's a good time to start thinking, I'm thinking too much. Am I breathing properly? And this, I believe, will feed into daily life as well. Just as um, practicing mindfulness can improve when you have to face stressful situations, taking control of your thoughts when you have the time to do so, making it a daily practice will in fact improve the quality of the things that you do in life. It'll in some ways re-infuse the joy of life back into life, right? Like when you're doing the things that you have to do, and the things you love to do, right? Exercising, parenting, studying, lovemaking, cooking, all these things that we're blessed to do, we're blessed to be alive and experiencing these moments. Of course, it's incumbent on us. And this is where I failed for many years. It's incumbent upon us <laughs> to do those things, right? To, to do them wholeheartedly, whole-mindedly. Of course, it's not easy. Of course, we want to think about things that might be important in keeping us alive going forward, but if it robs us of the joy of doing these activities and we're here wondering, how can I live a better life? Let's take the time to practice not thinking so much about what doesn't matter in the moment and engaging with the task at hand. So this brings me to point number three. When we can mindfully take control of our breathing, thereby calming our nervous system, And we can then begin to become aware of what we're actually thinking. And God willing, over time, we can start to push out the thoughts that we realize don't help, the thoughts that aren't relevant. We can then zero in and become better and more efficient at the things that we are doing. Doesn't that make sense? And I mean, as I say, I fail at this all the time. But when I've had those moments of clarity, you know, when I'm at work, doing what I love to do with people that I love, if I'm actually focusing on that, breathing deeply and not thinking about tomorrow, you know, some people might call this being in the zone, then life is so much better. The enjoyment is so much better. Doing the thing that I am there doing anyway becomes so much better because my mind is there too. I'm not just physically there, I'm mentally all in. And again, I have to say that This is not easy, and it's something that I have failed at myself from time to time. But over time, I have found that if I can at least a few times a day take control of that breathing, become aware of the thoughts that I'm thinking, focus in on simply what I have to do, that builds a trust with the self, that builds a stronger intuition. I think you'll find that too, that if you can just find once a day that moment to say, hey, how's my breathing? What am I really thinking about and what am I doing here? You then you begin to in some ways have a conversation with yourself, you know, consciously looking at the actions that you do. And you know, maybe all of this is self-evident, but again, if you're here believing that better is possible for yourself, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about control of the self, but we're talking about knowing the self. You know, and as I say, I I fail at this all the time. I mean, now imagine having a podcast called self-control and now admitting to the audience that there are times when I've been so out of control, so mindless, so overrun by my thoughts, overrun by my emotions. I've had to actually slap myself in the face and say, shut up and focus. Now, I don't recommend it. I don't know that that's sustainable long-term but I can tell you it does work. So maybe for yourself, before it comes to that, you can do that without the corporal punishment. You can, in the moment, say, how's my breathing? What am I thinking about? What am I doing here? So the final step in this process then, as Jahan uh, so, so graciously walked us through, is that as we begin our journey towards mindfulness or our journey of mindfulness, we begin to see how our expectations, our judgments, our beliefs of how the world should be, how the world ought to be, how things could have been, we begin to see how that clouds our self-knowing, how that prevents us from being engaged and being being in enjoyment of life, being grateful for life. Which brings me to my fourth point. The fourth reason that you need mindfulness now more than ever is that you can begin the process of removing emotional influence over your life. Okay. So Jahan laid it out. I'm living it as best I can. I want to hear from you. Let me tell you, if you can mindfully take control of your breathing, become aware of what you're thinking and focus in on what you're doing. The idea here is that you begin over time to realize how your refusal beforehand to engage with the world outside, led to feelings of entitlement, of expectation, of judgment, right? There's a separation there because we're not home in ourself. We're we're elsewhere. So we begin to develop ways of thinking that serve our ego. And when beliefs about how things should be, not how things are, beliefs about what we expect versus what we actually have, beliefs about how someone should act versus how they actually do act, we, we build something of a, of a fantasy life. We begin to, to sort of disassociate in a way from, from reality and from ourself. And that leads to, of course, emotional reaction. Think about that. If you believe that things should be a certain way and they aren't, that dissatisfaction is no doubt going to feed back into negative emotion. And a lot of people, myself included, have at times felt overrun by their emotions, out of control of their emotions. Emotions so powerful I can't seem to get around them. Well, the truth is, if it's come to that, you should have started mindfulness yesterday. But perhaps the best time to start mindfulness, if not yesterday, is today. You can take control of those emotions. You can begin to see the world rationally. You can begin to... Be grateful and accept the present moment. Engage with the present moment. Feet on the ground rather than head in the clouds, if you like. Through taking that first step of breathing, the next step of checking in with your thoughts, then zeroing in, focusing on the task at hand, which you'll no doubt be better at now because you're focused, your mind is clear. And maybe someday we can truly come to know ourselves through mindfulness when we remove our expectations and our negative emotions surrounding how we think things ought to be and develop a gratitude for how things are. I'm on my way there, I think. I might make it before 80. If you're there, please let me know. Get in touch on Facebook. And please... Check out part one of my conversation with Jahan Sattower. There's much more on mindfulness. Part two will be out on the 27th of February. We talk about personal responsibility, some more talk on mindfulness, this idea that we have what we need inside us to live a better life. But what is required is the hard inner work. It's not searching outside, I've found is taking control of all that we've been given to start with. Why worry about controlling what's outside you if you haven't quite developed control of what's going on right here inside you? And that's what mindfulness is. It's that invitation to control, mastering the mind. And if you're looking for a better life, I, I truly believe that mindfulness is the workshop where you'll build it. So again, the four reasons that you need mindfulness now more than ever, you can reduce stress immediately in the present and going forward, become less stressed out generally and begin to process and live through stressful situations better. Number two, you become more aware of what you're thinking. You're able to prioritize what you need to think about and begin the long arduous task of pushing out the intrusive thoughts that don't serve you. But again, once you're in control of the breathing, those thoughts order themselves and it becomes easy to see what's what's helping and what's not. Number three, The beauty of all this, you become better and more efficient at what you do. You've taken control of your breath. You've begun to simplify your thought process. You can now focus in on what the task at hand is and do a much better job at it. Number four, removing emotional instability from your life. Removing emotional influence from your life. Being able to get a handle on those tough emotions. Control them. And then... Realize how they are so much influenced by beliefs about how things should be. Entitlement, expectations, judgment. A world that you've created in here that in no way really represents the world outside. We can begin to rationally appraise ourselves and the world when we can control those emotions. And it all starts with breathing. It's so simple. Four steps towards living a better life right there. I guess I got to go get to work myself. And until then, and until I speak with you again, please remember that better is possible.